0: Have you ever experienced one of those moments where you just blow up and lose your cool over something so trivial? There's actually a reason for that. Welcome to Becoming a Mindful Teacher. This is a podcast for educators who want to improve the lives of children by digging deep into the minds of their students and themselves in order to create a space where it is safe to learn. My name is Winter, and I am passionate about helping children break through their mental junk in order to become successful little humans. Join me on this journey each week as we delve into the many ways that we can help our students succeed no matter what difficult situations they've experienced. Let's get started. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's the end of September, and school is officially full in swing and we're getting into the cold weather. And I mean, I'm not a fan. Usually I'm a summer girl, like I love heat. I love it all. So, but I can appreciate a fall. I appreciate a pumpkin here and there. But what I got to thinking of when I was trying to think of what to record this week, as I'm experiencing life with my teacher friends, I am noticing that the biggest theme going on right now is that everyone is feeling super overwhelmed. Like they're just trying to get everything in, but then they're breaking down because they just can't possibly get everything that they want to do in in the time that they're given. And they feel like a failure. All my friends, they're starting to feel like failures because they're just getting close to that mental breakdown moment. And I know you have to have a friend who has had that mental breakdown and just cried because (laughs) I am that person and I do that and I have those mental breakdowns. And I just see that coming. Like that's the vibe I'm getting is that we are kind of losing it. And that doesn't make the teaching profession very fun. And that's I think why we lose a lot of teachers. I mean, that's what happened to me when I left teaching in the first place, because my mental state was just so bad. And I couldn't crawl out of it. I couldn't get out of that state. And so I see that happening now. And I want to share with you ways that I got out of that. Recently, I learned why it is that we become so overwhelmed that we lose our crud. I don't want to say the bad word because you know, it's a a podcast and I'm not going to say bad words here. I'm being polite. But (laughs) when I first started learning about The reason why we become so overwhelmed that we lose our crud, it was I had gone to the doctor. I needed to get a physical, long story. I mean, people should get physicals, right? Like it's healthy thing. But I hadn't gotten a physical in a very long time. Actually, it was I didn't even have a doctor assigned to me. Like I wasn't seeing a doctor on a regular basis. I know that's a problem, but I fixed that since then. Um And I was going to a physical, and I'd signed up with this new doctor and because he was a new doctor, he was asking me about my previous medical history and and i'm telling him that you know i've i've either i've had depression like i haven't ha- i haven't been in a f- full blown depression in a while, so that's been really good so i said you know i've I grew up with depression and I currently have anxiety um and I told him that a few years ago i I had a passion to just this epiphany to go off my anxiety medications and that I wanted to fix the problem through therapy instead of just medicating. And he was surprising. I'd never had a, a, a primary care physician that really was able to talk to me about anxiety. They were just in the past, they would just say, oh, here, let's put you on this med and hope it does well. Like, no one was ever keeping up with me in that sense. And so he was really proud of me and he said something that really stuck with me. He said, Yes, medication is never a fix for depression or anxiety, that it just lowers it. And let me explain what he said. He explained how, say, we have a cup, you know, you hear the whole like, your cup is half empty or your cup is half full. So think about that, visualize that in your mind. We have a cup. And each day, our cup starts with a certain amount of liquid. And some people, their cups start with liquid that's very low in their cup. And so as stressors come into your life each day, you're feeling... Your cup kind of fills up a little bit more. So somebody, something is pouring water into that cup. So, you know, somebody comes at you and they're yelling. Imagine they are filling your cup up a little more or your student comes in and they are just aggravating you and your cup gets filled up a little bit more. Well, as these stressors come and they fill your cup, eventually your cup is going to overflow. And that is what I call like, that's when some people may have a panic attack. Some people it might not be that bad. Sometimes they just get they just explode and they get really angry and they they blow up. When your cup overflows is when you're having that moment that you can't handle it anymore. It's too much to handle you're overwhelmed, you're done, you can't function yet until you can take care of that. And when I was taking my classes in my social-emotional coursework, I learned that, act- that there was an actual technical term for this. So like my doctor explained it to me, I knew it. And then I learned that there's this actual term for it and it's called our window of tolerance. And so every person has this window of tolerance, uh, both adults and children. And I envision this window as this cup And when we look at this window of tolerance, we as humans need to keep regulated in this window. So what my doctor was saying was that you have this window of tolerance and you have this cup that is filled to a certain level. And what medication does is if you think of the cup as holding percentages of water, so like, you know, the middle of the cup is 50%. So say you wake up and you're already at 80% full. By taking this medication... Yes, you may be, that medication is sucking out water so that you're starting at 50% full. It's never going to take away all of the problems. It's just going to kind of lower that window of tolerance so that during your day when things go into it, if you had started at 80%, you would have overflown very quickly. But because you took that medication and it took it down to 50%, now you have a bigger window to work with that day. Now, I am not saying that medication is bad. Whatsoever. I 100% needed medication. I was on medication since I was, I believe, 16. I was on some type of medication for either depression or anxiety. I needed it. Medication, it, if you don't take that medication and it takes you down to a window, you know, that window of tolerance where you can function in the day, like that's what's needed. And I should have made a disclaimer. I am not a doctor. (laughs) I do not plan to say anything, like I know what I'm talking about. I'm just using my experience. So not even thinking about the medication realm, just knowing that every person has a window of tolerance and that we need to function as humans. And, you know, going into teaching is this very stressful job. We are constantly thrown stressors at us. And, if we're going to make it in education, we need to drop that window of tolerance down so that we are able to function each day without feeling overwhelmed. And so today I wanted to talk to you about how teachers can effectively work on widening that window. So dropping that that water in your cup and lowering it down so that we are able to function each day from a calm state and that if we do get filled up, it doesn't overflow. Um, Next week, I'm going to talk about how we can work with children and their window of tolerance. But today, I wanted to talk about how teachers themselves can work on that window of tolerance so that we can be effective for our students. So the first way that we as teachers can widen our window of tolerance is by not putting so much on our plate. I think as teachers, we think that we are superhuman and also that our profession requires that we be superhuman and do the million things at once. But it's not possible. So last year I was having my mini mini mental breakdown when, you know, my interventions were starting and I was super overwhelmed and I just couldn't imagine getting everything done. And I was talking it through a therapy. And we had decided that my my mini mental breakdown was due to the fact that I did feel like I had a million things to do and that there just weren't enough hours in in the day to get everything done. So I'm at school, I'm doing all the work, I'm bringing the work home, I'm doing it all night. And then there's not enough to do the things I have to do for my home life, you know, with my husband, all the home stuff you have to do, there wasn't enough time. So I went in therapy you know, I'm going through and I'm listing all of the things on my list that I needed to get done. And then he asked me to divide this list into three categories. He said, list what must get done, the things that need to be done, but not done immediately. And then my third list was things that I want to get done. And once I did that, my to-do list seemed shorter because I was able to just focus on that left column, the things that immediately had to get done that had deadlines for other people, you know, like immediate deadlines, things that needed to be done in order for the next to do project to get done. So looking at that list, I knew that all I had to focus on was the far left column. Then once as those things were able to be eliminated from that far left column, then I could take items from the middle column, which were yes, they need to get done, but I don't have an immediate deadline. Or these were items that had to be done once the first column was done, I was able to move them over into the first column. And now I had my new few items that I had to to visit. Then once I'm at a time where I'm not so overwhelmed, and I'm feeling pretty calm, that was when I could revisit my third column, those items that were things that I wanted to get done. Because, the, you know, there's things that you want to do in your teaching. And in your classroom, you're like, Oh, my gosh, I would love to do this. And you feel like it's a priority. But then when you looked at the list, you're like, well, that's more of a want, not a need and I put it over here. Those are the times when I would pull from that list. They never left my list because I I still wanted to do them, but it wasn't where my brain was focusing on because it wasn't a priority at the time. So the first thing I did was learn to prioritize my tasks in a a to-do list that was formatted in a way that helped narrow my focus and not feel so overwhelmed. The second thing that I did to lower my window of tolerance line is to start my day at my lowest possible tolerance line. So if you wake up and you are immediately getting yourself into a state of panic, you're only more panic. So if you're starting your day at 80%, you only have a small 20% to hope that things don't stress you out that day before you're overflowing and you're losing your mind. So what I started doing since the pandemic was I created a morning routine for myself. And the morning routine that you do is no way has to look like mine. Like everybody's morning routine can look very different, but it has to serve the same purpose. So the idea is that what you do in the morning and at least one activity that will bring your mind and your body into like a peaceful state like a calm state so that you can start your day already from a calm state. So my morning routine starts with uh, like a 10 to 15 minute meditation. So either I'm listening to some meditation music on YouTube, and I'm just clearing my mind and working on my like, deep breathing. Or I'm listening to a guided meditation that might go over some positive affirmations, or maybe like a a body scan uh, guided meditation that calms your body down. I like uh, to listen to those and I complete the, that meditation and then I move on to do some yoga uh, sun salutations. So you can also find those on YouTube as well. So the sun salutation, I do about like three to five of those and it's just I move my body, I get my body stretched and by moving and stretching my body, like I'm awakening my body because I am so not a morning person. Oh, no. But doing those sun salutations, it it feels positive because it helps get my body, body pains because I'm that age where my body is falling apart. So by stretching, it makes that feel better as well. And the stress that I hold in my body. So I know as teachers, you know darn well that you have stress pains in your body, whether it's like in your shoulders, or those tension headaches, the yoga stretches will help work those out. So again, you're starting your day off in a positive manner so that you're feeling good. The third thing that I've done to try to widen my window of tolerance is I have changed my diet. And if anyone's listening to this, that knew me back in, I'd say the early 2000s, minds are blown right now when I talk about my diet. This is definitely a topic I wanna talk about more in depth and I think I'll do a whole, at least one whole episode on this, if not more, is I have changed my diet by eating less processed foods and cutting out refined sugar and caffeine out of my diet. I've become an entirely new person. There were times when I would, oh, I would drink, a Mountain Dew at school, and just thinking about it now, it stresses me out big time. And I, I'm now like, holy moly! I know exactly why I had a full blown panic attack at school was because I had just shoved a Mountain Dew in my mouth at lunch, and thought I'd be fine with all that sugar and all that caffeine. In the past, and when I say in the past, I mean uh, less than a year ago, I would think by now, I would wake up with a racing heart, and I assumed that it was my anxiety. The minute I opened my eyes, my anxiety was raging. And I knew that I was already stressed from that moment on. But once I cut out the refined sugar and caffeine from my diet, I have yet and I swear by this, to this day, once I eliminated the majority of the refined sugar and caffeine from my diet, I have not woken up with a racing heart. So where I am, I assumed it was my anxiety from the moment I woke up it turned out it was actually my diet that was causing that feeling. Um, This has helped me immensely to start my day feeling much calmer. There's no way that I've completely eliminated this processed food from my diet. Believe me, every weekend (laughs) I'm eating out. So I know there is processed food, but mostly the refined sugar is gone. I took a look at what I was eating and I have begun replacing things in my diet with healthier versions so that I can keep my window of tolerance down and start with a calm day. So to recap about what you can do to lessen your feelings of overwhelm and widen that window of tolerance is the first thing is to split up your to-do list into three columns and only focus on your must-dos in that far left column. Your need-to-dos and your want-to-dos can stay on that list, but you know, kind of fold it back so that you're only focusing on that must-do column first, and that will eliminate a lot of that overwhelm. The second thing is to create a morning routine that will start your day with activities that will bring you into a regulated state in your body and your mind, and that you won't be in that fight or flight mode from the moment that you wake up. And third, I want you to evaluate your diet and see where you could possibly make healthier substitutions and mostly with refined sugar and the super processed foods that could be causing your body to react in a way that is actually making you think you're stressed. Thank you for joining me today. Hopefully this was helpful in getting you to feel less overwhelmed. I I know my teachers are in that spot right now, so I'm assuming you are just as stressed as we are. I want you to head to the show notes where I have linked a window of tolerance kind of free bundle. It includes a list of things that you can add to your morning routine, which will bring you, you know, to a good start for your day. As well as I have a little template for the three column to do list that I use each day to make sure that I am focused on what I need to do and not all of the things that I know that eventually need to happen. All right. Next week, I'm going to talk about how to work with children and how we, our actions can help keep their window of tolerance pretty wide so that they don't freak out and get overwhelmed in your classroom as well. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in more stuff from me, go ahead and join me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at a mindful teacher. You can also join my mailing list to be notified when new podcasts are released just head on over to my website at amindfulteacher.com.